0: You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hello, friends. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're sitting comfortably. As I write this, I'm wondering what impact my words will have. Despite the podcast network doing well, I'm often thinking about my actual contribution to the podcast environment. In many ways, I've gotten old already. The energy I had for my own show began being taken by other projects and shows, and at one point, I was contributing to a number of different projects at once. Unfortunately, with my energies divided, I began using up the power and the drive to create. I'm sure it became obvious in some of my monologue shows that I wasn't as interested as I usually am about certain topics. As you may know, my show has been on a bit of a downward slope in terms of releasing in a timely manner, and I'm getting less guests on board. I think it's probably for the best that I honestly put this show on a back burner of sorts. Not gone forever, but definitely the immediate future. My life is about to change, and because of that, I will have even less time than usual to record. I'll have less time to organise interviews or meetings, but I'm only talking about recording at this point. I will be continuing to work behind the scenes to make the Archaeology Podcast Network and its shows even better. I'll be supporting the various hosts that we have on the network, as well as the year-long project, The 365 Days of Archaeology a project that you, as a listener, can also get involved with. I love podcasting and creating things. It feels like what I was born to do, and I will continue to do that. But sometimes you have to weigh up the priorities in your life and make the best decision for the time being, with the added caveat that I may return to podcasting and broadcasting soon enough. I won't be gone completely. I'll just be a little quieter. I'll still be on social media, and I will still be contactable. Please never feel like you can't email me or DM me. I'm always open. There are also a couple of loose ends that I mean to tie up, but they won't be tied up quickly. The nature of creating media means that I will have to invariably take time over things. When I do come back to recording, maybe, maybe I'll have better things to say, maybe better things to talk about. Finally, I want to thank everyone who's ever listened to my almost three years of work. And hopefully if you're listening to mine, you're listening to other shows in the network as well. And as you listen to those other shows, know that you're still listening to some of my work. because ultimately an audience is what matters. An audience is what makes people. My show was great because of the listeners. It meant that although I might've said the stupid things or I might've been a little too uh, crazy or I jumped to things, people still listened and people gave me their responses. And that's really what I strive for is a connection That's what we all do. It's Podcasting is about making connections. And I've made so many great connections through podcasting. It's not just been people in archaeology. It's been people beyond that as well. Look at all the people that you have in front of you. Look at all the people you have around you. Connection is everywhere. And having a social media presence or a presence online is just part of that connection every single day we walk about our daily lives with these connections running everywhere and to truth be told it can be draining that's why we all need to take a bit of a breath get things prioritized focus finish the tasks we're meant to do right now I'm constantly worried about the things I cannot do and I can't complete on time. And that's just not healthy for me, nor anybody around me. So I'm going to say the anarchaeologist indefinitely is on a hiatus. But just like System of the Down, coming back this year for a tour, there's always a chance. (laughs) There's always a chance. I just want to end this little broadcast. With a toast. Because remember. Even though I'm not here. I'll still be here. And just because the past doesn't exist. As it did once in its own present. Doesn't mean it's here neither. We will never experience the past. As it was. Because the past was a present at some point. It was even a future for some. We must understand the where of the past, and what its place is, and its meaning to is to the present. Because our understanding will get better, that means the greatest understanding of the past is in our future. It also means that we have to rely on our past to inform our present. And our present will guide us to our future. The decisions we make now are more important, more than ever. We must learn from where we've come from, And where we're going to go. There's no time like the present. There's no time like the past. There's no time like the future. All things, all good things must go. And all dead things must stay. That, my friends, is the fate of the archaeologist, the creator, the destroyer, and the protector. Remember, there's a little bit of archaeology in all of us. We are all archaeologists. We are the future. I was just about finishing an edit- the editing of the um, last An Archaeologist show for the time being when, of course, <laughs> the UK general election um, happened and, uh, I mean, my part of the world has suddenly come under a little bit more scrutiny than usual. Um, there's a lot of people who now are very very well to know and are very very well educated about the troubles in Northern Ireland and the very different parts of um, the country that are you know who votes for who and who does what and the DUP are obviously trying to start a coalition well Theresa May the leader of the Conservatives has not won the majority she wants. she's actually lost it she's formed in a minority government and she's basically asking the DUP to prop up some votes now, the thing is the DUP uh, are the Democratic Unions Party, they were formed in the 1970s by the Reverend Ian Paisley Ian Paisley um, is a wonderful gentleman um, please note the sarcasm there, he once called the Pope the Antichrist, and he was very much in favor of discrimination against Catholics. And Mister um, Ian Paisley, although his views softened at some point, there was also he was in charge at one point with power sharing. Um, the DUP were a definitely a destructive force, as were basically all parties in uh, Northern Ireland over the last forty years. The UDUP have been characterised recently in the news as creationists, anti-abortion, uh, anti-gay marriage. Um, I know for a fact that they tried to extend the ban on uh, gay men giving blood, um, and I just want to say that it's there. There's this kind of tendency, I think, to assimilate all of Northern Ireland into that. Um, and to kind of try and be knowledgeable about and, you know, rational sceptic about all the terrible things that this party is about but you have to realise that people vote for this party people vote for this party and I, as a Northern Irish person as a person who grew up in Northern Ireland I think there are several nuances that have to be respected with that I'm so glad that the DUP are finally getting dragged into sunlight and that hopefully that means that their policies um, are not really looked at or evaporate into nothingness. You know, especially these these horrible, horrible, um, like, authoritarian policies. I mean, I really, really don't care that much that they are born of religious sensibilities. Um, because I think that ultimately everybody has the freedom of religion, and I think that the worst part of these policies is the effect they have, rather than their origin or source. And I mean to be to be honest, that's that's the whole problem in the first place is the fact that these people wish to affect and you know take away um, people's ability to be autonomous, to have their own lives. Now, Northern Ireland on the other side is, especially during the, for the young population, is vibrant and is diverse. I mean, Northern Ireland as I've seen it has a, we have the Belfast Mila every uh, year, we have um, Belfast Pride, um, I used to know one of the people who organized that, and um, there was definitely a kind of there was a new kind of um, a new kind of sense and feeling coming through, but I think we have to focus on <clears throat> why the DUP are voted in at all, and I think there's maybe an optics kind of thing about unionism fearing that any kind of swing towards Sinn Féin would basically mean uh, a United Ireland um, almost immediately performing. You know, Sinn Féin is the Nationalist Party in, in Northern Ireland, and it's the one directly connected to the IRA. And for most people, that connection isn't just a connection, it is one and the same. You know, Sinn Féin is the IRA. And many of the Sinn Féin uh, leadership were in the IRA. Um, that's not <laughs> it's not up for debate. But at the same time, many people in the U- DUP... Um, including peter robinson they were in the uda that's the ulster defense association now where i grew up uh, we had the uvf and the uff that's the ulster freedom fighters and the ulster volunteer force um yes there's a lot of groups there are a lot of groups um the uvf the uda and the uff i think they were in charge of gun smuggling into northern ireland Uh, for the fight um so when people think of the war and the conflict in northern ireland they often think solely of the ira but there are many other players in the mix i would really find it difficult to say that there was only two groups ever involved in northern ireland i think when you really look at it the stakeholders here are many you know, I'd say there's about 10 paramilitary organisations I could name off the top of my head. Um, some of them are defunct, some of them are very much connected to each other, and um, what what's really important to note is that it was the Good Friday Agreement that got the IRA to uh, put down its weapons, and I think that was, the Good Friday Agreement is one of the keystone uh, points at which democracy, politics, and diplomacy actually had an effect you know a lot of people like to sorry i've got a bit of a cold at the moment a lot of people like to rag on politics as this kind of fancy way of talking that doesn't actually affect any change and i would like to always point to the good friday agreement and the consequent i think it was the st andrew's day agreement where um diplomacy actually worked You know, the IRA decommissioned their weapons, and Sinn Fein has now become a party that is mostly above water on that kind of stuff. Um, The DUP, on the other hand, People vote for the DUP, I feel, uh, because they're the biggest party, so they're definitely going to go through, they're going to actually have effect change, and a lot of people think they're the only party that can stand up to Sinn Féin, because if Sinn Féin were to get any amount of votes, I think people have this in their head, that if Sinn Féin got any amount of votes, that they would then automatically make United Ireland a thing, straight away, without even considering anything. And um, because of that... Almost the necessity of the DUP to exist to combat Sinn Fein, you have a tendency for the DUP to basically say whatever they want. I think it's time for us to really stand up um, as citizens of the UK. I think actually my appeal is to the people of Northern Ireland um, that now that the DUP, I mean that you should always been doing it, but the DUP are big, and that means they can. You really just have to keep going at it. You know, uh, I think, I mean, over here in the in the mainland, I mean, I I saw a great article yesterday where uh, <laughs> Tory MPs uh, were being shouted at and sent angry emails that the DUP were even being considered to be like a coalition, you know, and they said like, yeah, nobody wants the DUP, uh, even Tory voters even Tory voters but like I think I think that's great um I think the pressure political pressure is really important and you know I think it goes to show that over the last couple of years now um what what is established as the mainstream what has to happen really doesn't people can affect change for better or worse and I think we should really take the time and only a little bit of time to kind of say right well look this is my local representative right don't say this don't do that i'm not going to support you if you support policies like this turn up the heat because like the rest of the uk it's older people voting always so if you're if you're wanting to effect change you have to not only vote but also make your voice known I think in Northern Ireland there's there's a lot of different kind of ties and twists and turns and um, of course I would be renamed to kind of say that no DUP is not reflective of most of Northern Ireland it's reflective of the voting block of Northern Ireland for a number of different reasons I don't think a majority of people in Northern Ireland really are creationist or they really hate gay people or they don't like abortion rights for women um i think a majority of it is to do with the old cultural and political hegemony that existed from the conflict um and i would really like people to actually understand the nuance of northern ireland rather than just uh pointing to the dup as something representative yeah, I'm defending Northern Ireland. <laughs> I left, and I hoped that I would never have to do anything, have anything to do with it anymore, apart from, like, look at it going, oh, jeez. But it's, it follows me around like a bad cloud. And I just wanted to clear that up. Uh, yeah. Why am I finishing my... Like, why am I giving my show now? I've got something finally to say. <laughs> and, and I, can't, I just don't have the time anymore so um enjoy um i as i said there's lots of different ways to help us out um on the network as well uh so please um consider having a look at the other shows of the network subscribe to us on various different platforms itunes stitcher or, or any sort of podcast app that you use and uh, just remember You know when you do hear about things in politics just keep an open mind understand that there's always more going on than what just the papers report and at the end of the day if you have something to say then say it make sure your representative knows because at the end of the day they want votes um and just as a final final example there was one place uh in scotland i think it was and it was two votes in it two votes separated two candidates so we are definitely in a time where every little bit of pressure counts. So go make a change in the world and I'll get back to podcasting at some point later. All right, catch you guys later. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www archaeologypodcastnetwork.com Contact us at Chris at archeology